Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good evening and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. I got to tell you, I love CBA years. I mean, in some ways, as someone who has followed the plan Ben Charrington is executing, watching it unfold, it's pretty clear one thing it can't survive are variables. And that's what the CBA is all about variables think about something small a concession like cutting back to two arb years as opposed to three could alter everything if not eliminate the possibility of it working in the first place that's how crucial the cba is everything that you talk about for the future depends on the cba not changing very much from what's on going on right now that's how serious this is the league and the players are purposely going to leak things all along not unlike the most recent salary floor and reduced luxury ceiling thing. Listen, this podcast is about the pirates. It's not an economics lesson. I'll leave the subject here. Most national baseball writers love to break news and pat themselves on the back with first. Ask yourself, would they like to irritate the folks giving them information? Most of the sources are agents. While you scratch your head about why they won't talk about the problems, keep in mind where their bread is buttered. A friend of mine on Twitter, RB, said the league went from calling itself Major League Baseball to MLB to be more like the other leagues. It's time to fiscally follow suit. Loved that comment. Absolutely spot on. Um, it, it's just to me insane that, that the conversation continues over and over again. It's the same thing year after year. Let's turn to our guests now so you can listen to them talk instead of me for a minute. Uh, first, as always, Jim Stam is back, and I hope he still has steam after feverishly defending Kevin Newman's skill set this week. How you doing, brother? Yeah, that's a full-time job. Um, I, I love Kevin Newman. He is um, obviously going to be a fixture in the lineup, and he's uh, quite the hitter. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back, and I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have a really good conversation today. I mean, it's hilarious, though, that he's finally hitting, and now he's not playing every day, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Definitely. <laughs> he finally starts hitting. 
and and now we're going to play them every other day. Makes a lot of sense. I'm really excited about what's going on right now with the team, in case you can't tell. And and I'd also like to welcome back my good friend, Anthony Filippo, host of the City of Bridges podcast, an active member of young people showing up, middle-aged people like me who waited till 40 to follow my dreams. Say hello, Anthony. <laughs> what's going on, Gary? Uh, I like the introduction there. I think... Uh... I think you guys still have some, some knowledge on me. I'm still, I'm still learning, but, uh, but I appreciate it. Yeah, but you've got youth and stamina. Jim and I will never get that back. Never. Just ask our wives. Yeah, life, life has just beat us down to the point that um, um, this is as good as it's going to get. Sorry about that, Anthony. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely there. <laughs> I mean, so let's go ahead and dig in, boys. And Anthony, I'll go ahead and start with you. What did you take from the magical mystery leak from MLB this week? Yeah, uh, I mean, mystery would be a, an interesting term, uh, considering almost everybody leaked it. So it has to, it has, <laughs> there has to be some truth to it, I, I think. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think pushing the floor up is definitely the first, the first uh, step of, of many. I think, I think that that is not the stopping point at which, uh, which MLB wants to go. I think, uh, I think you have to add some sort of a cap. I think that, that 180, uh, luxury tax thing uh is going to need to go away here at some point uh i mean obviously the cba is coming up this year it'll be interesting to see uh what players say as they uh, as they share their opinions i'm sure many will do it publicly uh but i think i think it was interesting i think it was a good first step i think as far as good first step um i take it as the first public acknowledgement there's a problem and to me that that's more important than the numbers that they tossed out there that have no snowballs chance in hell of, of actually happening. But Jim, what, what did you think here? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, the good news is, is that there is some sort of um, line of thinking, whether it's um, admitted or not. Now it is kind of been admitted that there is a problem. They've got to try to address it. Um, the problem with that is, is that proposal was so laughably bad from a, a, a starting point that, um, you know, it kind of just pissed me off a little bit more. And I don't need any more pissed off in baseball, Gary or Anthony. I just, you know, I want I want I want real uh, good faith negotiating and starting points that mean something. And I just thought it was so, so loose on both ends as far as uh, the cap and the floor, uh, which was what, 100 million and 180, if, I, if I'm recalling. I mean, the fun, it's, it's 180 yeah. and, and, and 100 was, yeah. was the official numbers. But it's funny because you just called it a cap three or four times. It's not. Mm-hmm. Right, that, right. But, no, but that's what the players will take it as. And that's what they'll say. And to me, you'd have to have an equal fight to pass what they just proposed yesterday as you would to actually get a real salary cap system with a real floor and a hard cap and, and revenue sharing. You'd have to shut down the game to get it done. So to me, that proposal is nothing more than, um, hey, we want to get some people's ire up a little bit. We just want to bristle these players a little bit. We want to scare them into thinking that, that we're about to change the game on them. We don't want to use that cap word, 
but we do want to kind of make them think about it, right? Last year, Manfred brought the word cap into the conversation before they started baseball back up. And, and that raised some eyebrows. It, it's the first time anybody officials really brought that word to the forefront. So it's starting to creep into the lexicon a little bit. And Rob Manfred, despite a lot of things, is not a stupid man. He wants to make money. And if this league wants to make money anywhere near the level that the NFL and the NHL do at this point, a cap has to happen. That's really all there is to it. You can't expand like they want to unless they have a cap. You know, where are you going to put a team? Peoria? They can't compete. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Nashville? Nashville can barely support the two franchises it has right now. Without a salary cap, those teams wouldn't, wouldn't exist. It's, it's not something that, that baseball can continue to just laugh off. And, I'm, I, and in that regard, I'm happy to see it brought up. But that's about as far as I'll take it, because I don't think this proposal has any kind of legs. I think it was literally designed just to tick people off. Yeah, and that's the problem, too, is, you know, between both sides, there is just zero trust. And that's the maybe less than zero. So that's the, the point we're starting from. And so when you see things like that, you know, and, and, and what this ends up being down the road, uh, this will look nothing like what you just saw yesterday coming out. So, you know, um, it gets the conversation started, at least on our end. And you know, this, if they're going to want to do this the right way, which I don't know that they fully want to, um, it's going to take, it's going to be a, a, a bloody situation and it, it have to get really ugly before they got it to where it needed to be. We'll see if it ever gets to that point. Yeah, I mean, there's no secret to it. What would happen? I mean, Anthony, they'd have to shut the game down. They'd have to yeah. lock out the players. It's not about convincing the players this is a good idea. They're not going to buy on, okay? They're just not. They would have to be locked out. You'd have to blow it up and be willing to be done for a year at least. Come back, rise from the ashes like the Phoenix, and start over. Every yeah, other league's got- had to do it too. You have to think back to last year whenever the uh, the whole how many games is the season thing going to go on. Uh, whenever you saw the original proposal for that, it was something the players kept com- coming back to the owners and the owners kept coming back to the players. And finally, it got to a point where it was just a whole mess in 60 games. So uh, I think a lockout could definitely be coming. Uh, and I think I think the cap is the way to go from from this point on. And I think it, a lot if a lockout is what we have to do to get to the cap. I'll be behind that 100 percent. I will be, too. There's a lot of people considerably older than you that don't think they have the time to take that year off. But I, I just think if you really want to see change, you kind of have to be willing to, to go through the pain and the pain might be losing something we really care about for a while. And uh, Jim and I doing a whole bunch of seventies remembrance shows. We might have to, (laughs) there's not much left on that note. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about something way more positive. Oh, never mind. We're going to be talking about the pirates. Give us a break Uh, here. Oh man. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, we're back. And um, I know we could keep going on MLB all, all day and just keep bashing them because uh, they have many problems and they are great, as, as the great Chuck Knoll once said. But we're going to go back into the Pirates here and we're going to talk a little bit about um, their constant searching of the waiver wire. It just seems like something that, to me, kind of got exhausting this year. Um, I understand the need for it and trying to to catch lightning in a bottle and fill holes here and there. Every team does that. It's not like the pirates are the only one out there scouring the waiver wire, but they were in a unique position this year where they got first crack at just about everybody that came up. And next year, they're probably going to be in a position where they're second or third in line to, to get a crack at just about everybody that gets dropped onto the waiver wire. Are we looking at the same kind of thing next year, Jim? I mean, are we going to maybe sign some guys with intent in the in the spring that, that maybe we can avoid this this plague again? Because I think as a fan, it just gets exhausting watching 56, 60 players just shuttle through this roster constantly. I mean, you get to the point where even people that follow the team daily like me don't know who's on the team at any given time. Are you excuse me? Are you saying I should uh, not get that Tsutsugo jersey because I've got it um, in a queue right now? Um, I mean, he's a he's a great example though because here's a guy that that you know he I guess he was given his outright release. The Pirates signed him. He's a free agent next year. Yeah, I don't so I don't understand the purpose of this at all. Unless they've got some kind of like um, side deal with them, where he'll sign with them if he get if they give him X amount of at bats or something in the re- in the rest of the season. And I but wondered that. Aside from that, what are we doing here? It, it's so hard because, like you said, um, even for the most um, staunch followers of this team, imagine what it looks like to casuals. Um, but it's just these the cycling through of guys that literally we're talking off the off the scrap heap um i i would hope that next year we won't see as as much of this but i think you're gonna see it still um i i I think they're in this as an organization the pirates are in this this tough position where you've got not enough guys ready to come up to the majors so you're in this kind of weird 
kind of um, spot, this purgatory where you, you, you don't have enough. So you're constantly looking to see if maybe somebody's missed something, take a chance on a guy. The problem is in baseball, man, these teams, they're just, they're, but by the time they get to you, these teams are really good at uh, sort of uh, flushing out the guys they just don't think are going to make it. And um, we found that out time and time again. Uh, it just, it hasn't worked out. Um, I would hope they would still at least do it on the pitching side next year, because I yeah. think that is where you can kind of find a couple guys here and there that you might be able to turn something into uh, all uh, Tyler Anderson. So that's a good point. I mean, and, and Anthony, you know, we've had, we found some gems on the waiver wire before, you know, you got Richard Rodriguez that way and they just turned him into Bryce Wilson. And I mean, you, you can't really complain about that. that that's a, that's a decent exchange there. It, it's, it's not as though you don't want them to do it, but don't you think they've kind of overdone it this year a little bit? Yeah. Uh, 56 players uh, and we're not even hitting September yet. So that number is going to grow over 60. I, I would have to guess by the end of the year. Uh, I think as far as claiming players off of waivers, uh, I think, I think there's a lot to, to get there, but I think, I think the number of players that come through, I mean, the pirates could literally claim whoever they want. They did it with Sitsuga, which, you said doesn't make any sense. I totally agree. Uh, and I think, I think they are looking for that diamond in the rough, but 56 players, I, I think that's, that's a little bit too much. I mean, and how much of that do we blame on, on COVID, right? Because, you know, a lot of that was trying to insulate themselves, especially on the mound with uh, making sure they had plenty of fresh arms that could come out and give them innings. Right. And since, you know, the record didn't really matter this year, I guess the, the quality of the innings you get stands to reason don't matter either, right? So we're picking up guys off the scrap heap that are healthy enough to give you, you know, 10, 15 innings before you end up turning around and re-DFAing them is, is what it seems like is happening. Um, I guess we can attribute a lot of it to COVID, right, guys? I mean – what, what else could you say? I, I'm hoping next year the guys are stretched out. We're not looking at, at people that have thrown 10 innings the season before and we're expecting 150 out of them this year. So in, in some ways, that's got to change a little bit, right, Jim? I mean, you would hope so. You get further away from that weird time period where, you know, um, guys weren't playing, guys weren't, you know, pitching. And um, teams were shut down for what? two thirds of the year, at least by major league standards. So, um, yeah, I mean, you would hope that this starts to, uh, level off a little bit. Um, I guess in hindsight, if there's a year to do it, um, this would be the year, um, they really don't have anything to lose besides the games and let's face it. They were going to lose games anyway. So, um, you know, it, it, it hasn't worked out, but the odds were, were saying that it probably wouldn't anyway, but I think you just have to try, see if you can, you know, get anybody that gets a little traction, even if they just become, even if they just become like a bench piece, um, you know, there's, there's some value in that. 
Um, yeah, Ben yeah. Gamble's a good example of that. That's yeah, I mean, but they, they got him part- off waivers. But Ben Gamble's a guy that they should have been in on before the season started. They had a very clear hole in the outfield. They chose to patch it with one professional hole. <laughs> I mean, it was Goodwin, and that was it. And they they got no, nothing else to to back that up. They decided Travis Swaggerty was going to be enough. Next year, you're going to go in with the exact same situation. Travis Swaggerty went from having zero at-bats in AAA to, to six games. And you're going to go into next year wondering if maybe he's the answer again, right? So hopefully they're smart enough to bring Ben Gamble back. But I just wrote a whole piece about all of these waiver pieces they've tried to float through the outfield the other day. And what I was hoping people would get from reading it is – okay, you keep wanting Polanco to be cut. Read this list and tell me why he's not cut. There's a reason he's had more games than everyone else. And you can say he sucks, but he has been here. He plays the outfield. He's an actual major league player who has the capability in his past to hit. Kai Tom doesn't. I mean, it's, it's that simple. You've got Ildemaro Vargas playing two games in the outfield for you before he gets DFA'd two days later. There, there's a problem there. They have not had any answers. And for some and, reason, they refuse to pull anybody up from AAA who might be one. Well, and, and you know, they did miss a little bit on Goodwin. Um, if they had probably kept him around, he's, he's sort of, uh, for whatever reason, it just things uh, – went sideways there from the beginning and he never got an opportunity. And I don't remember if it was because he was hurt at first or what the situation was, but he's actually done halfway decent. I think his OPS for the White Sox is somewhere in the 750 range. Yeah. He's done pretty well for the White Sox. Yeah. So that would have stopped a little bit of that. I think Um, bottom line with Goodwin was Goodwin didn't feel like he needed to earn a spot on a team that clearly had an opening. And at the end of the day, he's probably right, Anthony. But you 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 can't control that. I guess you could have better conversations with him up front. But next year, they, they definitely need to go into the season, if you ask me, making sure they've got some gambles in the fold, if you will, as opposed to going in with a gamble and hoping that some other team's cast off becomes gamble. Yeah, uh, I think as we as we move into the offseason here, uh, I mean, the bottom line is the Pirates need to sign. And I'm not even asking for like top tier outfield starters, infield starters, just like a a replacement level outfielder that they're willing to keep around and and work with. Uh, Brian Goodwin would have been a a great addition, I think, to this this team right now. yeah, Michael, Michael Taylor is a good guy that's probably available next year. Yep. You know, you're not going to confuse him with, with part of the future. He's not going to be, become part of the core. But he's a good bridge to some of the other guys. Like, I'm a firm believer that when it comes to some of the players they're trying to cultivate on the way up, like you got Swaggerty should definitely be in the conversation next year. I think you're going to have like uh, Kane and Smith and Jigba coming up you're going to have like some players like that that they're starting to think about oh he's maybe a guy you know uh 
Jiwon Bay is somebody that he's a shortstop, but he can play in the outfield as well. He's a guy you're going to start thinking about as you start getting towards the midpoint of next year. I want them to not be forced into action. I want them to win the job. So if you get me somebody like a Michael Taylor, they have somebody real that's a benchmark for them to beat to make this team. I think it's a big mistake to just leave gaping holes and hope youngsters are going to fill them. I think you have to, like, lay a baseline. That's what Ben Gamble is to me. He's a baseline. You better be better than Ben Gamble or you're not going to play here. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to look at it. Um, and maybe, maybe that is the uh, next step in the process next year. The offseason will be interesting just from that regard. I can't imagine them standing as pat as they were this year. But do I see a ton of movement in that regard? Probably not. Um, a, there has to be the want to, d- to do that and start that, start that aspect of it. And B, who's available? Um, I'd, I'll tell you, I, you know, I always go back to the pitching part of it. Um, if they want to do that on that side of things, I'm all for it too because um, arms are volatile. Bullpen guys are volatile up and down years. You can get a guy that you like that you think you can extract some things out of and you can turn around and maybe do something with it or he becomes a piece for your team. So um, I think it's a mistake just to talk about the hitting because sometimes it seems like pitchers, you can um, find a little more there. It's very true. And I mean, it's hard not to talk about either side because both have let everybody down so much. I, when I, I, I talked to you before about this, when I look at the lineup, it's really hard for me to imagine them only getting three hits in a game. Like there's a, there's a few talents. Well, ima- there. Imagine. I, <laughs> I don't have to, I, I got to stay up and watch it. <laughs> but like when, when you're, uh, when you're watching it unfold though, like you're, you're looking at Brian Reynolds, you're like, that guy can hit all day and roll out of bed and hit. Brian Hayes has all the tools. Colin Moran looks like he could, you know, you start going down the lineup and you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, like they should be able to do all right. If you really want to make pirates fans cry, look at the control on this roster. Like, I mean, almost everybody's coming back next year, <laughs> except Polanco. And I mean, that's the definition of insanity. It's not going to get you better next year. And, and um, that's why I suggest doing some, some more aggressive signings to, to kind of like, give a little bit more uh, weaponry to this team. I, I think they need a, a good veteran starter, not a lot, not unlike Tyler Anderson um, to toss into this rotation, regardless of how many I think they have and um, an outfielder for sure. And I'd probably get a, a good quality infielder as well. Even with Marcano sitting down there, even with Park, even, you know, I just think you need to start making these young guys earn it. And just leaving holes to me is, is just not a good way to go. It's, it's, you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. It's one of those things where you just can't hope in 2023 that everyone shows up and is productive from your minor league system. I mean, you have to start stabilizing. That's the big hope about next year is, is it's not the beginning of the year. I think the beginning of the year, it's going to look eerily similar to what we're watching right now. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, to me though, um, they better figure out if it's the coaches or not, 
we better do that now. <laughs> that evaluation needs to be taking place right now. You need to decide, is Eckstein part of the, the solution or is he part of the problem? I know where I fall on that. I've been pretty vocal. Marin, mm, I'm willing to give him another season, but I need to start seeing some kind of improvement. And then you better hope that some of these minor leaguers start making the leap mid-year. And you better be prepared to move some some guys that you've grown to care about out of the way because that's that's how teams evolve. I guess I would say don't complain about trades next year because if you start seeing a lot of them, it's not for control reasons like all these other ones have been. It's going to be to make room. And that's probably what we should hope for as Pirates fans. On that note, let's go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about how the Pirates are using um, the end of this year. All right, everybody, we're back. And I promised we would talk a little bit about how the Pirates were handling the end of the year here because, you know, September call-ups aren't what they used to be. You used to be able to call up just about everybody on your 40-man if you felt like it and and really get a look at some of these young guys. And For better or worse, whatever the reasoning is, Major League Baseball has decided that's only going to be two players this year. Um, it really hurts a team like the Pirates. They could use it this year to um, really get some eyes on some players that I think, quite frankly, they're just going to have to skip seeing. Um, we don't know who those two players are going to be yet, though I would strongly suggest they'll probably be pitchers the way we're going. Um, Anthony, where are you at with what they're doing here towards the end of the year? I, I, we've seen a lot of youth being injected into the lineup, like Castro and Park, and but I don't know. Are we seeing um, an effective use of their time here? the last couple months of the season or are they borderline wasting it a little bit? Yeah. Uh, when you bring up these guys, I think the expectation is that they're going to play a lot. And with Rodolfo Castro, I have not seen him play as much as I would like him to. I think, uh, I think Wilmer Defoe's playing. I mean, he's, he's only making what two or three starts a week, but I think Castro should be playing if he's, if he's up here, uh, he should be playing almost every day. Same with Hoy Park, I think. Uh, I think the leadoff spot might not even be the best spot for him quite yet, but I think he should still be playing every day. Uh, maybe just to gamble in the leadoff spot and and just uh, put Park and Castro down uh, down towards the bottom of the order. But but I would like to see if these guys are being called up. I would like to see them being played every every day, mostly. I mean, they don't even play their stars every day, so in, in some regards you might be asking a little bit more than they're willing to give but yeah I mean what do, what do you think you've seen from from the young guys though, like Castro you know I, I do think he's played probably an appropriate amount I, I actually don't have too many qualms with how they've used him but I, you know we've seen a little bit of inexperience I would put it uh, on the yep. base paths and and in the field I think we've seen some of his shortcomings kind of come to life. I actually think he's a player that he's almost better suited to be in an instinctual play, you know, where it's just go get it, turn around, fire it. 
Uh, whereas when he has to time to think, I think he makes some mistakes a little bit with, with his turns at second base and uh, positioning on, on cutoff throws and whatnot. So in that regard, I guess I would say Pirates doing a good job of evaluating Castro. I think we're getting a good idea where his shortcomings are. Hoy Park, we're seeing him bounce all over the field. I like that. But aside from those two, though, what are they doing with this time? Are we seeing young pitchers that we want to get, get our eyes on? I mean, are we seeing enough of that? Should they be a little more aggressive with DFAing some guys that they just don't want to have be part of this team next year and move on to some other guys? Uh, I'm not, I'm totally not certain, but I, I think, uh, I think when you think about it, what young pitchers are we seeing in AAA right now that are, that are willing to be, that want, want to be called up that are playing like they should be called up. Uh, I, I think a lot of the pitchers that they have right now that are in the top, their top prospects are double A and below, and they're way too far to just make that jump right now. Uh, but I think, uh, I think there are a couple guys, but I think uh, I think their pitching right now is just a, a total. I don't even know what the word is for it. It's just it's a mess. You know what it is, but you're trying to keep it a family show, and I understand that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jim. Plus, your dad will yell at you. Probably, you're too young to be swearing, <laughs> Anthony. Um, Jim, you know what I'm talking about with these younger players. I think I'd rather see Michael Chavis up here than than wasting time on Yoshi. Especially since you know, I find out he's just a, a free agent at the end of the year. I, I don't. I'm not sure. I understand that at all. We kind of alluded to that in the last segment a little bit that there almost has to be some kind of a smile and handshake deal here, or else this just doesn't make sense for the Pirates. So, um, yeah. What do you think? Are they wasting their time, or are they actually using it effectively? You know, it's one of those things, and this is why I love questions like this, because I think everybody likes to think of things uh, in, a, in a black and white, no gray area type situation. And the reality is the Pirates, I just think they're making do with the best that they can do right now, which is, you know, they're scrambling a little bit. They don't have enough, they don't have enough major league bodies. They might not have enough in the minors. Um when it comes to what they're starting daily at the major league level, do I have some questions? Yeah, I think you, look, you just signed Yoshi. Do I think he's any good? Do I think it's going to pan out? No, but you signed him to a major league deal. Play the guy. Um, It might be ugly, but play him. Um, I don't have, I don't have an issue with that. I think I tend to agree with Anthony a little bit more about Castro um, I don't really care if he makes mistakes in the field. Uh, I, you know, watching the game, does it bother me? Yes. Big pitcher. I think he'll learn from that. Um, but if he's up, I want the at-bats. I just want him seeing pitches. I want him to really get an idea of what he needs to work on. I'm sure he already is. But I don't want a guy, especially 22-year-old, sitting there not getting at-bats. Um, if you're not going to give him, you know, I'd, I'd be starting him four or five games a week. That's just me. And then when you're ready to send him down thinking he's got enough of a taste and he knows what he needs to work on, great. Um, I'd play Hoy Park. I'd play him five out of six games. Um, 
and move them around like they are doing because I think he's somebody you do need to find something out, out about. Um, Newman. I mean, I think that is what we're seeing with those two players, though. I mean, we are seeing four or five starts a week for Castro. We are seeing five or six for, for Hoy Park. I'm asking, what do you think they're learning as they're watching them unfold? I mean, they're not, they're not putting them in any um, – like Hoy Park, for instance, maybe they want him to be a guy that just bounces all over the place. That's fine. I, that, that seems to be something they, they like. They don't look like they're trying to find him as an answer for the outfield, for instance. So they want him to just kind of bounce around and field all these different positions. And I'm okay with that, but I'm not hundred percent sure you're going to get the answers that you want from him by putting him at shortstop for a day and then second base for a day and then left field for a day and then first base for a day. And the, to me, I'd like to stick him somewhere and let him kind of show you what he can do in a home a little bit. Um, let him feel like he's a regular part of the, the field and the lineup and kind of just start to work him into that situation. Um, as far as Yoshi, yeah, play him. I don't care. They got him now. Play him. But to me, if he's a free agent at the end of the year, this was dumb. All this is doing is taking at bats away from Colin Moran or, you know, I mean, I don't care if it takes at bats away from Gregory Polanco, but, you know, because they're the same player, they're both going to be gone at the end of the year. If you want to complain to me, if you want to complain about Gregory Polanco getting at bats, that's no different than Yoshi getting at bats to me. And that's where I'm at. If he's a free agent at the end of the year, it's the same thing. You're wasting time. Get me Michael Chavez. Get him up here. That's what I want to see. I want to see youth. It's time to start seeing some of these prospects come up. They got Bly Madras down there beating the tar out of the ball in AAA. Get him up here. I mean, he's 26 years old, I think. Get him up here. Let's see what he can do. If he can't make it, okay. So, so be it. But you got to get him up here and try first. I mean, so, Anthony, when we start getting into, like, the – the September call-ups, you're, you're probably looking at Shea Spitzbarth and, you know, they'll pick another pitcher, right? I mean, they're not going to do anything shocking here, I don't think, right? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening, and I don't want to, I guess, accept that until it actually happens, but I guess I have to start to uh, because I, I'm, a, I'm with you. I would love to see Michael Chavis up here getting at-bats uh, over a guy like Yoshi Satsugo, especially since Chavis can play first, second, uh, and probably third as well, and maybe even a little bit of outfield if he, if he could. He's uh, and, predominantly a left fielder and a first baseman. So Okay, okay. Yep, that's basically exactly where Yoshi Satsugo plays then. So that, once again, that is extremely confusing to almost everybody. Yeah, unless there's something we don't know. Again, there could be. There could be some kind of side deal. But, but if not, to me, that's not in the spirit of what this team should be trying to do. Because that's not finding an answer for us. That's finding an answer for someone else. If he hits 10 home runs from here till the end of this season and he's a free agent at the end, guess who he's not signing with? I'm serious. The, the Pirates? Yeah. And if he doesn't <laughs> hit 10 home runs, guess who doesn't want him? So does it make any sense? That's where I'm at. <laughs> I mean, unless somebody can explain it to me, 
how this team is tied to him after this, this makes no sense to me at all. It's frustrating I, to watch. No, I, I, w- I wish I had an answer for that. I, I, I don't. I think um, and that's why whenever we sit here and we look at, you know, Ben Sherrington and I think overwhelmingly um, fans are kind of in support of what he's doing and maybe even getting a little carried away in that regard and into what he's doing. No, not Pirates but, fans. No, I know. Right. It's 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 bizarre. But uh, let's be honest there have been some head scratchers along the way and um, he's one of them. So I think, uh, look, what we're, we're around what 40 some games left, maybe rest of the regular season, unless they make the playoffs, of course. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I would hope, I would really hope over this last month and a half that we're going to see them really start to just, let guys play enough with the off days enough with kind of sprinkling in um, getting guys rest and let's just really kind of uh, cleanse our palate of guys that no longer need to be around and not taking, you know, the half measures approach that has seemed to be kind of the approach here for at least the first half of the season, even though it seems to be kind of, you know, um, what sort I'm looking for. Just they're starting to get away from it, but that's definitely what it felt like the first half of the season. I mean, let's throw some off the wall things out, out there that, that teams like to do towards the end of the year. You know, they've already talked about um, Jacob Stallings having caught more innings than he ever had before. Right. And we have Michael Perez on the bench and the knock on him has been, uh, well, you can't really comment on his offense because they don't play him enough for him to get into any kind of a groove, right? His defense is okay. The pitchers like throwing to him, all right? But, you know, he's okay for a backup. Well, if that's true, I'd like to know. Give him a stretch of games. Flip-flop the two of them the last month of the season. Make him the starting catcher. Give me... Give me Michael Perez five out of seven days every week, and let's see. Let's see so that next year you go into it not guessing about whether he's a good backup or could handle it if Jake got hurt, and you answer a question. Why not? As bad as I think that will turn out, I think you're 100% correct. Um, I think that's exactly something you could do right now. Stallings is at the point he's at the age and I think you're even seeing it right now with his at bats and whatnot he's he's wearing down a little bit of the season's gone on his average is down quite a bit hasn't been hitting the ball hasn't been driving it all that well yeah I mean again another guy that okay you're telling us he's capable or you or you know they seem to think that he he might be part of the plans at least for the next couple years play him give him the at bats I don't think it'll work out but just because yeah, I don't either. think it, but just because I don't think it's going to work out, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it and really, truly forget what I think. Let's just see. That's, I mean, that's the type of thing that I'd like to think about here towards the end of the year. I want it to be all about answering questions. And Michael Perez is a guy that I think we can reasonably answer a question on, and it's because we don't have to answer a question on Jacob Stallings. We know he's good. We know he's starter quality in this league, and we know he can handle his position. 
We also know he's been beat up all year. Let's let Michael get beat up the rest of this year. Let's see what he can do if he has to carry the weight for a while. Let's just see if he's the right guy. If he's not, okay, next year, maybe you don't bring him back. He's up for arbitration. Maybe you just decide to non-tender him. How bad could it be with Joe Hudson for a couple months, you know, or God forbid Benz makes, makes some kind of a big jump. You know, I don't see it in his defense, but like there's a guy that, you know, going to come up at some point or God forbid, go sign another free agent catcher. Right. That's, that's exactly what I was just thinking. You never know who you might run into that you could get on a decent deal. Yeah. So those are the types of things. And, and in the bullpen, you know, I'd like to see roles. Um, you know, you got Bednar is, is now the closer and Howard will come back. Let's make him the permanent setup guy. Let's, let's not make him just a lefty that you throw out strategically. Let's make him a setup guy. Let's give him the role. Let's see if he can handle it. Right. That those are the types of things that I'd like to start seeing them do. And that's when I talk about the permanency with park, I'd like to see him stick somewhere and become comfortable. See if it translates to the bat a little bit. You know, I like what I've seen from him. I'd like to see, how he responds to being given a more permanent role. That's all. I mean, Anthony, any guys like that you can think of? Like, you, you mentioned Castro, and I, I like the idea of, of really playing him while he's up here, and they have been, I think. But what about a more permanent spot for him? You stick him at second and call it a day and don't move. Uh, on Castro, uh, I think – I think you could you could try sticking him at second. Uh, I think third. I I think he could also play decently well. We've seen some some smart plays from him over there. Uh, sh- why, why not shortstop? They haven't tried cash. I haven't seen Castro at shortstop yet. He's uh, played there, but but yeah, I not in the in the majors. I, yes, I don't know. Yes, yeah, yes. Okay, did not know that. But uh, yeah, I think they could they could even stick castro at first even i like you said with park they could try him at first uh yeah, but i, I think, like the idea of shortstop though because hey you know kevin newman's had five months here to to figure it out and he's finally starting to but is he the future i don't know like let's let's give castro a chance to be that you know i mean maybe, maybe that's not the worst idea no, and th- look, there is something to be said, and a lot of people dis- dismiss this, and I, I'm, I totally disagree with this, is people say, oh, you know, players don't care where they're playing, and they don't, they, they, it's not a big deal, they don't care where they're hitting. And I'm like, man, I totally disagree. I think guys want to know. Guys want to know where they're going to play in the field, and that's fine if you've got some versatility, you understand that's part of the game. Guys want to know where they're hitting in the lineup. Um there's a reason why, what was the quote from Shelton the other day? He was talking about, I've told guys other than Reynolds not to worry about where you're hitting in the lineup. Well, the reason he's saying that is because guys do worry about where they hit in the lineup. Right. It does matter. Right. It is important. Whether you think it is or not, you know, hitters, uh, they just, they just want to know. It's, it's, it's something that's a routine thing, and you know what your role is, and it's a comfort level thing. See, so, this is where old guys like you and I have to resist the urge of going back when I played in high school. <laughs> I like, you know, because no God, I hope it. I hope it didn't come off that way. If it didn't, no, but so no, bad. nobody wants to hear that. But at the same time, that that's the experience most people have. You like having a place that's yours. 
that's my spot. That's where I go. This is where I stand. I always bat after this guy. I, I know the types of pitches he's going to take and what he swings at. I can study it. I understand the way he handles breaking pitch. I, I, I'm watching from the hitter circle. I'm used to watching him. That sort of stuff matters. Absolutely. I don't think that's in Derek Shelton's DNA to ever have a standard lineup one through eight and call it a day. I don't see it. I don't think that's something he does. And I don't think that any of his idols have ever done that either. So um, I don't expect that to be honest with you. I don't, I think he'll stick a three and four hitter there eventually, and maybe a leadoff guy and, and everybody else is going to be interchangeable. And that stinks because I don't think that's the best practice, but that's what I see moving forward. Anyway, as I watched I think- this year unfold, I, I think he's had the horses and just chose not to leave them in the same spot most of the time. And that's why like I do, I I've told you this before and Anthony, I love having Anthony on because it's such a different look and a different perspective at things as to how we look at it or how we grew up playing the game or how we heard guys back in the day playing the game. So when Anthony sees a lineup and it's just totally all over the place night to night, does that bother him? Or, you know, does he just look at it like, no, that's just how baseball is these days. And I, and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, uh, to be honest, I would love to see lineups that I would love to see different people in playing different in different spots in the lineup. And I know that's not your guys's opinion on it, but I think, uh, I think, I think if you want to if you want to try people in different spots, if you want to try people in different positions, go ahead. Uh, I especially with this Pirates team, what do you have to lose? I I think if you if you want to try a guy there and he doesn't work out, then then don't do that. But uh, I think I think I love uh, I love the different lineups each, each day in and day out. Hey, it's it's not like it's a an unpopular opinion anymore. At baseball, I, I think everybody is is doing that sort of thing and. You, you've seen some some weird things like power hitters hitting eighth, you know, and I've seen a lot of that recently. And um, it's almost like a way to force a guy that's not good at taking walks into taking walks, if you think about it, like putting him in the eight hole in front of the pitcher. <laughs> but uh, let's let's touch on a couple other things that are going on here towards the end of the season that just haven't made a lot of sense to me. And, and we'll just we'll cover those and finish it out here. First, how bad is Cole Tucker that he has not been able to crack this team this year with all of the pieces and parts that they have not had? How terrible must he be? Either of you. Seriously. <laughs> uh, I'm try- I don't want to be rude or harsh here, but. If you look it's... at his numbers, though, like his numbers that he's posted, they're not horrific. So what are they seeing that is so bad that he can't come up here and, and contribute on a team that, I mean, they're not trying to win right now. I mean, it would be the time to try him if you're going to. Jealousy of his girlfriend? I don't know. I mean, because <laughs> you'd think that they would at least a little bit, but – I mean, it looks like they've just absolutely made up their minds that he's just not going to be a part of the future, and they're not just going to waste any time on him. I hate to say it. It feels that way because you don't even hear his name anymore, really. None. Yeah, he's not even mentioned. 
Um, so I thought I'd bring him up. And then uh, recently we just had uh, Nagowski clear waivers, which I'm not surprised by. The Pirates are undefeated so far in getting position players to clear waivers. I mean, um, that should tell you something about the position players that they're putting on waivers, but it should also tell you that um, the Pirates are oddly deciding to keep guys like that a lot more often than jettisoning them off the, the roster altogether. Um, not shocked they decided to keep Nagowski. Am shocked they decided to keep Kai Tom. What pictures does this guy have of Ben Charrington's wife? Anthony, that's what I have to know. Uh, I I'm totally not sure, and I think it's I think it's even more surprising that they decided to keep Philip Evans and Nagowski both on the same team, and have Chavis possibly play first, and right, and then next year you're going to be maybe in the whole Mason Martin conversation in AAA after a whole after a whole year at AA. So you're going to have to make some decisions coming up here uh, in, in the pirates minor leagues. And some of them might, might sting for them, but possibly not for us. Uh, but we'll have to see what happens. I think. Is there any reason to not be making those decisions now though? I mean, you, you cannot sit here and tell me that what you watched this year leads you to believe that Kai Tom has a future on this team. You can't. So why keep him? Jim, I mean, we talk about things like this all the time. What What is the motivation for keeping a guy like that? We just talked about Bly Madras. <laughs> he could come up here right now and, and at least do what Kai Tom did. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> our, our dear friend Graves, I think she, she put it so eloquently on Twitter, right? which was, I don't know if you guys saw it, but with the Tom news and that he cleared waivers and we're going to keep him and whatnot, that he was as useless as tits on a boar. And I just thought, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, it's so true. And I don't know why. I don't know if they're just doing this now. And then once the whole off season comes around and 40 mans and getting guys situated in the minors, sorts itself out and then they'll just outright release them i don't know but but why wait i think think yeah that's that's to me that's the question to me because i just i look at double a and i i can't see a scenario in which i would be like yeah we want kai tom to be um on this triple a team that's what we really need he's gonna he's gonna um be the anchor that that uh, we, we call up um, as soon as we're close to the pennant race here in, in May. I, I don't see it. I don't see Kai Tom factoring it. And, and that, to me, I feel like you spent the entire year, you gave him like 100, 100 plus bats. We saw what he can do. I mean, he, he's one of the few that actually got a real test drive. They gave him a lot they really of time. Did. They did. I, I feel like they gave him enough time. I got I, I got Matthew Frazier sitting in Double A. I'd rather see him tomorrow than Kai Tom ever again. Kanan Smith and Jigba sitting down there. Jack Sawinski. These are all guys you have to make decisions on. Do I want to protect them from the Roll Five draft? Cal Mitchell's down there. Brent Sitta is down there. Double A is loaded. They're not all going to stay there. 
they're going to move up to AAA, some of them, and, and they're going to mix in with guys that are already there. Why do we need to keep a guy like Kai Tom? You can't explain that to me. Nobody is going to be able to give me a reasonable explanation for that that I'm going to accept. So I kind of set you both up for failure. <laughs> but like in all sincerity, those are the kind of things that make fans scratch their heads. Those are the kind of things that make fans go like, okay, I'm with you on the plan, but what are you doing? <laughs> I, do, I do think it is kind of funny that like every guy that we've picked up and that we've DFA'd has cleared waivers and made it back. It's like the pirates to the rest of the league are the ultimate litmus test, right? Where um, if it doesn't work here, everyone just goes, nope, you know what? We're good. We're good. We've seen enough from afar. If it didn't yeah. work out, if it didn't work out there, it's probably not going to work out anywhere. Yeah. The thing, the thing is that, you know, you don't want to be a joke, but it's a joke. If you can't make it with the pirates, I'm sorry, you're not coming, <laughs> you know, but in all sincerity, the guys they're cutting, um, are there any of them that you would have shed tears if we lost them in waivers? Not me. I wouldn't have cared if Philip Evans got picked up. I mean, it, it just doesn't make much sense to me at all. I, they, they decide to let uh, Troy Stokes go. I, I actually thought Troy Stokes showed more promise than Kai Tom. So I, I don't know. Uh, to me, those are the types of things that they start to do that um, – I wouldn't say defend, but I just can't understand. And if I can't understand it, then I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that wants to, to understand the motivation there. And I don't think we'll ever get that. Somebody will ask him. They'll say we want to give him another opportunity or whatever. We want to see how he'll handle this demotion or something like that. But unless he's going to grow six inches and, and decide to swing on when he has two strikes on him, I, I don't want to see him again. You know, I, I, I'm done with that. And I, I wish the Pirates would be a little bit more quick on the trigger on some of these guys. That's all. Hopefully Got- this this is the last season where it's fully this painful and fully this bad to watch guys cycle through. I think if we're going through this again next season, guys, something has gone terribly, terribly wrong and things have derailed. I totally agree with you, but, but, you know, don't lose, don't lose faith. Everybody, Anthony Alford was joining the team on the trip in St. Louis. So everything's going to be all right. I'm sure he won't strike out three quarters of the time anymore. It's going to be good on that bright note. Let's go ahead and uh, make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of these happy people. Anthony, how do people find you and your fine work, sir? Uh, okay. You can find me on Twitter, uh, at city of bridges P I also have an Instagram, which is at city of bridges podcast, uh, podcast city of bridges. You can find that anywhere. And Jim, how do people get a hold of you besides your Twitter handle? Well, they won't because, um, my, vo- <laughs> my, my voicemail is full and I'm too old for Instagram apparently. So maybe Anthony can help me out with that someday, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, on Twitter uh, for the city underscore four one two at Jim Stam twenty two. Um, I'm all about Pittsburgh twenty four seven, and I love talking Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, and Pitt. So give me a follow, and I'll follow you back. And I'm Gary. You can check me out on Twitter at Gary Mo two zero zero seven, and uh, I love to talk baseball and really all Pittsburgh sports on there. Uh, 
look for this uh, this podcast just about every Saturday for now, and we'll probably be updating you soon on when the show is going to start dropping um, here on on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Listen to all the shows; they're all good. And uh, hey, let's go Bucks! Despite Anthony Alford being back, probably. Ha, <laughs> ha,